This Moment Outdoors is brought to you by L.L. Bean, official partner of the National Park Foundation for the Find Your Park movement. Lists of camping must-haves and lists of things campers forget. We break down what's a real need and what isn't. And Rally North Carolina kicks off our stint in the Tar Heel State with history, Carolina barbecue, and more. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 101 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. This week, we're coming to you again from the Quad Cities, right on the Mississippi River in western Illinois, eastern Iowa, my hometown. We actually leave here in a couple days, heading to Kansas City, where we're going to visit Abby's family for a about 10 days or two about weeks. About two weeks, yep. And then we are heading on our big summer, fall our Western adventure. Yeah. If people didn't know, we're going to North Dakota. I don't think we've made that clear yet. I feel like, I feel like at this point, we've been talking about it for a while. Hopefully, I feel like, it, you know, it still happens. Oh man. We've oversold this so hard. <laughs> no, we actually, we have our, our, our itinerary all set for North yeah. Dakota, which is awesome. Uh, but having that in place has led us to begin figuring out our itinerary after that. So I was working on that quite a bit last night. Yeah. And someone keeps saying things to me like mountain roads, steep drop offs, <laughs> high points. Well, she wants and, to do Colorado. What do you want? I mean, and I keep your saying, favorite place on earth is Estes Park and you have been wanting to go back there so badly. And, you know, we're going to we're going to go. I well, Are we? Because I said to you today, you know what I need? And what I need is some real chill travel. I really need us to be chill for a while. I don't need to be sitting in the automobile, you know, gripping the hand held. What is that thing called? I mean, some uh, people call we it call something them else. Handles. That's what they're called in <laughs> English. Handles. Uh, you might have another term for them. I'm not quite sure what it is. I have another term for them that I know them as, but I can't say it on the podcast uh, yeah, because it's a, yeah, because it's a family friendly podcast. So I was struggling to remember what handles are. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you want to travel across the Rockies at some point, you're going to go up and you're going to go down. This is true. We'll talk about this later. This is still a whole section of travel that is yet to be fleshed out. But yeah. we know somehow we'll be going from North Dakota and we'll be in L.A. And we don't know how we're going to get there, but we're going to get there. We've got six or six to seven weeks to do it. So um, it's not. Uh, 
It's not impossible. It, it doesn't have to be a straight route. No, it doesn't. But here we are uh, getting ready to, you know, move into our new RV. We haven't stayed in it yet. Uh, <laughs> we just kind of sort of threw everything into it. Didn't put anything in the cabinets or in the storage or anything. Our life is so weird. So uh, we've begun to do a bit of that work in preparation for the drive to Kansas City. Again, in Kansas City, we're going to stay with Abby's parents and we can really spend some time down there getting it ready. But you know yeah. what? We're we're having to downsize again. I'm. It's really overwhelming. So I went over there today with my mother-in-law, who she's really good at just being like, do you need this? No, bye. <laughs> so I was like, you need to come with me because I just, I don't know what to do here. And we spent probably about two hours over there. We're able to get rid of some stuff. She went through the kitchen for me, which I really appreciated. And even still, there is so much to be done. And it got kind of got to the point, I'm going to be honest, where I was very overwhelmed and I just was like, I don't really want to do this right now. I want to go get a coffee <laughs> at Starbucks. <laughs> and so I thought this is at this point, it's a case of, you know, that you need to organize, but you know, you need two or three things in order to do it. And it's those two or three items that you need to purchase are really pivotal to the organization process. So it just makes sense to just stop until you have those things. We knew that we had a good amount of storage in the bus. Ugh. We knew that we were losing storage. I don't think we knew that we were losing this much storage. We were storage wizards <laughs> in that bus. I didn't realize just how much storage we had. There's so much stuff in there. And I just keep saying that, but there was. And so... You know, we worked on that today. We celebrated the little bit we got done by going to Portillo's. If we, you, went, we went to Portillo's today. And I think if we talk about anything else on this podcast, we talk about the fact that finally, outside of the Chicago area, there is now a Portillo's somewhere. Well, there are other, there are plenty of other Portillo's outside of the Chicago area. Not where area. we go. <laughs> Not where we go, no. No. Uh, but por if you don't know Portillo's, it's a Chicago-based chain of... Uh, diner, Chicago no. diner style food. I feel like that's shortchanging it. It's it like, is Italian beefs. It's Polish sausages. It's cheese fries. Chicago and style hot just, dogs. Yeah. That sort of stuff. What was that SNL skit with the bears? Da bears. You know, yeah, I was like, yeah. it's literally every single thing yeah. they had on you, the table. They you were finish eating. your meal and you pound your chest to <laughs> stop your heart attack. Yeah. So you can eat the chocolate cake. It, they have so they have this incredible chocolate cake, and they also make a chocolate cake shake, which has an entire slice of chocolate cake in it. I've actually never had their chocolate oh, it's cake. So good. How did we leave today and not buy I chocolate know, cake? I know we didn't. You just get full and you. Oh, you I, so good. You can't go back. This Portillo's has been the talk of the town in this area for uh, more than a year now. It basically became Portillo Gate. There were, I mean, it was making the front page of the newspaper, the zoning variations required and the, the residents not wanting it to come in because they were worried about the traffic. Jay, it's next I, to a Walmart. Jay, I actually think we've discussed this on a previous episode. Probably. This is feeling very familiar to me where we have discussed Portillo Gate. Yeah. Go I back just, and find that. Yeah, I just you'll, want everyone, you'll get all the details. I want everyone to know it's open and the city did survive. Hey, we have a correction from last week's episode that we have to make. Somebody let us know that we made a little mistake when we were talking about the National Park passes. We were talking about the senior pass, and I think we mentioned 
that you have to be 65 to get it. And it's actually 62 years of age qualifies as a senior. So, you know, all of you 62 to 64 year olds, it's a double sided coin. You get to save some money, but, you know, people then are calling you seniors. And I know that's tough for people to be all of a sudden, hey, you're in a new age bracket. That's got to be that's got to be difficult. Right. Right, hun. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Okay, I've just been looking at you like, what are you doing? This is insane. Being 62 is awesome. And now I realize I have a birthday coming up and I'm ticking over the front number. So Jason just likes to remind me that that's coming up. And I don't care. I don't care how old I am. I feel how I feel when I feel it. Don't age shame me. I only I only no, give uh-uh. you a hard time about it because nope. you give yourself a hard time about nope. it. Don't age shame me. I mean, you're younger than than happy. In case anybody. Yeah. Like everyone know knows. That. You know what? I'm pretty sure they can tell. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, so that's what we've been up to. <laughs> yeah. Get us out of this one. Let's take a break. And, <laughs> and when we come back, we've got a lot of real stuff to talk about. <laughs> See you on the flip side. <laughs> As you know, Togo has been our go-to for all things RV. And when you create a Togo ID, you unlock the entire ecosystem of RV products and resources that Togo has to offer. Some of our newer RV friends find the library of how-to content and video tutorials the most helpful, while others love the trip planning and organizational aspects. One thing that everyone can love is the Togo Roadlink. Roadlink C2, a powerful Wi-Fi booster combined with a 4G LTE antenna. The small all-in-one dome easily installs on your roof and can be controlled by an app instead of a clunky portal. To make things even better, Roadlink has joined forces with AT&T to offer an unlimited 4G LTE data plan specifically for RVers. So whether you're a full-time traveler or weekend warrior, Togo is designed to make your life easier. Simplify your travel experience and visit runswithtogo.com. That's runswithtogo spelled T-O-G-O. An RV that runs with Togo enjoys more miles with less trials. You know, I've been getting us set up uh, with our new RV and the Togo app to uh, putting together our checklists and stuff. And it's really fun. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. I know what my job is. The point has been made. You say I have a big head and you're right. I'm afraid. Put me in my place and then leave me alone. What I need most is someone to drive me home. What am I? And the answer, of course, is a nail. Actually, I thought this one was when I first read it was really confusing and that we would have very few answers on this one. But we had a lot of answers on this one. And the winner is Tim K, who will receive a Not All Who Wonder Are Lost t-shirt, which is also available for purchase in the RV Miles store, which we'll link to in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 101. All right. So I have a fun game for us to play. So 
The other day, we were over at a Dick's Sporting Goods with Jason and his family, and they had a sign up in their camping section. Although I don't really know that we can call it a section. It's more just like an aisle. Yeah. It's just like a camping aisle. But they had this sign up that was the 25 things, most forgotten things oh. when you go camping. And so I took a couple pictures and I thought we would talk a little bit about this list because I thought some of the things on here were very interesting. I'm going to read to you, Jason, though, the first three items on the list. Now, I cannot say that this is in numerical order per se, but these were the first three things on the list Then I want you to try and put them into correct order of the list. So one, two, and three. Mm. Okay. Three comes after two. Some people say it does. (laughs) All right. These are the three items. Mosquito headnet. Pillow. Extra tent stakes. Now, if you had to rank those from one to three, what would you put and in what order would you put them i don't know a single person who owns a mosquito head net so i think we're all forgetting that one uh i know that i i know a lot of people who would so want wait, is one. that I your want is that your one i don't know i'm, I'm gonna talk this through that, i don't know that seems people, a little ridiculous to be on this list okay i don't know if people know this about us you probably do because we've talked about monopoly in the past we're very competitive with each other right. so jason He'll keep me here all night long until he's talked this through just so he doesn't lose this game. Number two, uh, not not my number two, but the second one you mentioned was was a pillow. Mm-hmm. Now, I am going to guess I, I feel like that is probably the most forgotten item uh, of items that people actually want. Not a mosquito head net. <laughs> I think <laughs> p- lots of people probably pack up uh, their, you know, I, for tent camping or for RVing and forget to bring pillows okay babe Um, we're trying to keep this under an hour (laughs) okay and what was the what was the third one extra tent stakes extra tent stakes well i don't you don't necessarily i mean if you have the right number of tent stakes you're probably okay unless one breaks or you bend it so badly that that it can't be repaired That's, that's legit but then we got to talk about the fact that this is a store trying to sell you stuff And Dick's doesn't sell pillows. So I'm not going to put pillows at number one, even though I think that should be number one. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go 10 stakes and then I'm going to go pillows next, number two. And then I'm going to go to the mosquito head net number three, because I don't think there's any way on earth they would with a straight face, put mosquito head net higher than number three. Okay. If this was the family feud, you would have lost. (laughs) (laughs) Survey says. Well, what if it's not the family feud? Well, then I don't know how I don't. Is there anywhere in the universe? No, you didn't. No. The number one item was pillow followed by mosquito head net. And then the third one was extra tent stakes. Okay. So somewhere in the store, dicks must sell like a camping pillow. I mean, my intuition was first yeah that, but, but you didn't I, go with I, it, I discarded it because i figured they don't sell pills i mean but think about it when we were in no. that cabin in the we jellystone forgot. in north carolina we yeah. didn't forget pillows but our next door neighbors did that's right and remember they had to drive yeah. 45 minutes to a walmart to go get pillows <laughs> yeah. because Ouch. they had spent they had like two small kids too they had spent the night before with no pillows Nobody should have to spend a night with their children in a cabin with no pillows. Those were the first three items. Now, some of the other items on here, I think, are a little interesting. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily 
need to bring a tablecloth and clamps or weights. Yeah. See, they're trying to sell you stuff. <laughs> right. That was their like number 11. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there are some things on here that seem really legit that you would forget about. A first aid kit. Yeah. Insect repellent. Mm-hmm. Extra fuel or batteries. They have trash bags. I could see that. I could see that. Uh-huh. A camp towel or just any towel in general, yeah. I think will do. Yeah. Tarp ground cover. That was like their number 20. Poncho rainwear. That was number 25. I got to tell you, rainwear is something that we have with us all the time. And we always forget it back in the RV. And we know it's probably going to rain and we don't bring it with us in our zipping around town vehicle. Yeah. And we always get stuck so, in the rain. <laughs> here's one that I think about a lot of people forget. And it's one of those things at the same time where I think, well, why do you need this? They had at number 22, they had hot dog marshmallow sticks. I can see, though, where you go to the store and buy a bunch of hot dogs and marshmallows and then you get to go roast them and you realize, oh, shoot, uh, let's go break some sticks off and, and try to whittle the ends Little of them. Fiber. I think some... that's actually happened to us. It has. I can. Ha- I have a very distinct memory of buying everything for s'mores and then being like, we have no way of. I think that happens to a lot of people. I but, think I think Dick was I think Dick's is, uh, Dick's is, spot on. is on the nose with that one. Well, here's the thing about that, too, is then we went and bought roasting sticks. And we never. And used how many them. times have we used those? We haven't ever. Well, we only have one now. Because we got rid of our other ones. Because we're like, this is ridiculous. Uh, And this one that we bought, I'd say we bought it about seven or eight months ago. We have legitimately never used. We've never used it. That's how often we, I mean, we don't have fires that often, but we do have, we do have them. But when we do have them, we just. uh, We don't do s'mores a lot. We haven't been doing s'mores. We do what? Hot dogs lately. No. Well, we will do, we do a lot or we will be doing a lot on the new RV on what is my fresh tank for this week. Okay. Just, just a, just little, a little teaser. teaser. So I'm going to take this list because I think it's kind of a fun thing. And I'm actually going to create a survey in the RV miles, Facebook group and in the America's national parks group. And I'm going to put all of these items, but what I want to know is what everyone thinks are like the top 10. So then I'm going to take whatever the top 10 answers are. And I'm going to, make an article out of that for RV miles. Yeah, maybe open it up for people to mention to their own because, yeah. you know, the, this list is obviously not RV centric. And I think there are some RV items that people probably forget. One, one I've heard often is people forgetting to bring their trailer keys, which has got to be the worst thing in the world. You <laughs> leave so, your trailer yeah. keys on the counter, you're all hooked up, you're ready to go and you leave, you get to the campground and all of a sudden you can't open your trailer. Yeah, that's, That's rough. That would not be an enjoyable weekend. So I'm going to put these two things up, like I said, on the Facebook group. And I'm just curious to see what everyone has to say or what they vote for. So if you haven't joined the RV Miles Facebook group or the America's National Parks Facebook group, go ahead and do so. We'll put links to both in the show notes. Yeah. And just in case, just to make sure. Abby won. Jason Zero. Well, I'm going to have to uh, come up with a competition for next week, apparently. Game on. (laughs) Game on. Game on, Wayne. (laughs) Hey, one thing that I forget all the time when I leave the house or when I leave the RV is my sunglasses. Yeah, in fact... 
Today, you asked me if I knew where your sunglasses were, and I said, why, yes, I do. They're in the trailer that's not in the house we're staying in. But if you go to ShadyRays.com, you can get as many sunglasses as you like because every one that you purchase past the first one, 50% off your entire order. Here's what we need to do for Jason. We're going to go to ShadyRays.com. We're going to use the promo code RV. We're going to buy four or five pairs, maybe even six. Then we're going to leave them. We'll leave a pair here. We'll leave a pair at my parents' house. We'll leave one in the truck. We'll put one in the trailer. And then that way, you have always got a pair of sunglasses whenever you need them. And if you lose them for good, Shady Race will replace them for free. Or if you break them, you sit on them, you drop them in the river, whatever it is, all you got to do is pay a shipping and handling fee and Shady Race will send you a brand new pair. I feel like you were in like a focus group for Shady Rays. <laughs> were you been. in a focus group? I think they created their company for me. They <laughs> Shady are, Jason. <laughs> they are premium quality sunglasses, they are. polarized sunglasses at a discount price. And on top of that, if you go to ShadyRays.com and you use the code RV, you get 50% off your order if you order two or more pairs. Yeah, it's pretty fun talking about Shady Rays every week. I enjoy it because it really does. I feel like we tap into something about you that's really just yeah. quite unique about well, Jason. I do. I lose things, you <laughs> know, I break things. I lose things. You do. But seriously, I have bought, you know, expensive $150 sunglasses in the past and I can't do it anymore no. because I break them or I lose them. I forget them. It, it's not worth it to me to have something that light and breakable that costs that much money when we all know that the premium sunglass game is kind of a racket. Yeah, so it's really nice to be able to buy a pair of sunglasses that are super quality but are not breaking the bank. We just get them right out of the Jason Fund and we go get you six pairs of sunglasses. So ShadyRays.com, promo code RV, and you and Jason both can have sunglasses for days. Okay, so this isn't a game necessarily that we're going to do here. But when I was looking at that 25 lists of things forgotten from Dick's Sporting Goods, I thought I want to see if there's a list out there because I know there is a list of what are the top things you must have in your RV. So I was bouncing around and I was looking at all these different articles and there's plenty of articles to be found out there. But I came across this one and I'm not going to name where it's from because I don't I'm not. I'm not trying to shade anybody, as Jack would say. I'm not trying to throw shade. But I found this, and it's these 35-plus items that you must have. And it says must have in the title. And these are from seasoned RVers. And I started going down the list, and I have to say, these are not 35 things that you must have. (laughs) (laughs) No. As a matter of fact, I'm scrolling through here, and I'm seeing... No, three or four things that you must have. So I'm just going to throw a few. Like I said, I'm not naming where this came from. We're not putting in the show notes. We're just talking. No, I actually really like this website. So it's yes, it's it's an unusual article for this website. So one of the things on this must have must have article is a portable meat smoker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I mean, hey, Abby, hey. Did you not have that pulled pork I made the other day? That pulled pork was off. Is that the not necessary? It is absolutely not necessary. 
<laughs> I think it is. Okay. Now, if you want to bring your portable meat smoker with you, you do you. Okay. <laughs> that is totally fine. But it's not a must have. Uh, this is what I'm prefacing <laughs> all of these around. It is not a must have. I would not go up to someone who is buying an RV for the first time and they ask me, Abby, what are the must have things I need to go out and buy? I am not going to look at you and be like, if you buy a portable meat smoker, but you buy nothing else, you will be okay yeah. out on the road. You don't need it. You don't need one. I mean, I've said it in the past. Besides the the general household items like, you know, blankets and pillows and silverware and stuff like that. Of RV equipment, the, the must haves are a sewer hose, water hoses and a power cord. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. So wait, and, so and you're like, going to, you know, and, and like, uh, chocks for your wheels. Okay. So then what you're saying to me is the frozen drink maker isn't going on your list of must haves. <laughs> I'm very, uh, man. See, now I'm torn. Cause I think that's right up there with wheel chocks. It, it's right up there because look, if I cannot back into my site and then whip up a pina colada, I don't know what camping is. Here's a good one, though. A tankless air compressor. Yes. It doesn't have to be tankless, by the way. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a, an air compressor with a tank if you want to use that as well. But if you're a heavy duty RVer, you know, you're going for more than weekends. Uh, having an air compressor with you is essential to check your tire pressure before every major drive. Yeah. And I would even go and say this tire pressure monitoring system. Yeah, we don't have a tire pressure monitoring system, but gosh, I would love for us to get one now that we're towing a trailer. Absolutely. And it's something that can offer peace of mind. Now, maybe a frozen drink maker will offer you peace of mind. (laughs) I don't know, but I have to go back to it for just a second. It can be corded or cordless, the one they're recommending. So you can make up to 80 drinks on a single charge. So if you're boondocking, you can still potentially be able to make your frozen drinks all right it's on the must-have list it just i know it just went from like maybe we needed it to like we definitely need it so there's some other things on here that i think are really great too i actually think having a folding step stool is a really good idea yeah but you know it's not like you must have it again this is must-haves yeah like the outdoor oven maybe not a (laughs) must-have i don't know what are you talking about this satellite dish Maybe not a must have. I mean, you know, I don't think that this is a must have, but a serving tray for outdoor dining. There you go. I mean, I do have two hands. Oh, man, it is a pain in the patootie. It is. To haul a bunch of stuff out to cook outdoors. No, and we have a serving tray. Mm -hmm. But when we first got on the road, when we were putting, what do we need to like drive yeah. out of here. Because well, here's the thing. If you wait to have everything that you think is a must have, you're never going to go camping. That's that's the issue. I, I think and I say this a lot, too, is that unless you're going somewhere extremely remote. You can pick up most anything that you forgot along the way. There is especially if you're going full time or uh, you're you're going for long seasons and you're getting out on the road. You do not have to load your RV up with every single thing that must have lists tell you you need. You can just get out there and when you need something, you go buy it then and not in advance. Okay, I have to read this to you because I love this so much. And this is not like I'm saying this. I love this. Like I really genuinely love this. So one of their must haves is music. Yeah, you must have music. 
what they write in here. So they talk about how you can have it. You could have it on your, you know, your mobile device or a Bluetooth. But they also recommend that you could also bring a portable boombox that connects to your smartphone. And the last time I heard anyone suggest a portable boombox to me was like 1993. We call those Bluetooth speakers now, I think. I think it's so amazing (laughs) that this article is recommending a portable boombox. Yeah. You know, Walkman just celebrated its 40th anniversary. It did. I can't believe that Walkmans are older than me. I didn't realize that. They're older than me, too. Kind of. No, they really are. Just a little bit. They really are. So I think that it's amazing that the Walkman is 40 and that this article is suggesting a portable boombox. Uh, another thing that they think, and this is probably this, this might be my favorite item on here is a portable ice cube maker. Hey, no, I gotta say we have gone three years without any ice whatsoever. We had ice trays with us that we could put in the freezer and turn into ice cubes, but didn't, but that's us. And a lot of people have to have ice in their drinks. That's fine. But it, a must and if you're going to have that margarita maker, you're going <laughs> oh to have to have some ice. This is tying back in to the frozen drink maker. How do you have? You can't have a frozen drink maker. Oh, without, see, without I get it. Okay, so, I get it now. I get it now. This is another thing I really love about this article, though. Is so it's so so uber like specific frozen yeah. drink maker. But then it'll say stuff to sit, lay on, <laughs> or my favorite. Safety stuff. What do you mean? What kind of safety stuff? Just stuff. Just stuff. Hopefully nobody that owns some of this stuff feels like we're shaming you for owning it. Because we own quite a bit of this stuff. No. I mean, the fact that it's called must have. I think if you listened to the first five minutes of this podcast, you will realize that we hoarded a whole lot of stuff into the bus. (laughs) So I am guilty. I would probably, had I been able to have space for it. I probably would have bought a frozen drink maker. I mean, we could make I, room for all of this stuff if we got rid of the croquet set we haul around. But well, what at one but point then you don't have a croquet set. No, and at one point when we went through our storage unit last winter and we were moving out of it and bringing stuff to family's house, I was trying everything I could think of to get that KitchenAid mixer into the bus. I don't need a KitchenAid mixer in the bus, but there was something like seeing it in storage. I was like, I have to have yeah, this. How do you have your KitchenAid ha- sitting in storage? How it's can hard. I make bread without a bread hook? <laughs> so that the- you never used when we lived in a house. You don't know that. Uh, you yeah, were working. I, I, I do, <laughs> in fact, know that. I ate the bread before you came home. <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> that so, I kind of believe. Yes, you should believe. I love my carbs. No, we're not making fun of this list because we would well, probably buy mm, all this stuff. We're we're a little bit. <laughs> a little. It's more about the fact that this is must-haves and they are saying it's coming from seasoned RVers. I would like to believe that seasoned RVers are a little bit more practical. Yeah. Well, you know, this is also one of those articles that is it's just for fun. It's an excuse to fill it with a lot of Amazon affiliate <laughs> <This is> leaks <laughs> and get you to click on them and buy stuff. Yeah. But. Hey, like again, well played article because there's a lot of things on here I want to click on just to look at. So I'm going to do the same thing I said I was going to do earlier with the other list. I'm actually going to put what are your must have items up on RV Miles Facebook group and over on America's National Parks. And I want to get everyone's opinions. We're going to do a little survey and people can add in their items if they'd like. And then I want to take the top 10 and I'm going to turn that into an article. It's like I'm using the family feud format 
<laughs> to help really write this ship on the things we should have and the things we need or, or forget. Survey says not a frozen drink maker. <laughs> RVs break down. Trust us on this one. Oh, yeah. Trust us. And with repair costs averaging $300 per hour between parts and labor, there's no time like the present to protect your life on the road with wholesale warranties. Wholesale warranties is the leading provider of warranty protection in the RV community. With a focus on reliable coverage and customer service, wholesale warranties keeps you on the road where you belong. Don't let repair bills sideline your summer RV trip. Your RV will break, but with wholesale warranties, your budget doesn't have to. Get a free quote today so you can travel with peace of mind tomorrow. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com or call 800-939-2806 for your free quote. And we're so happy to welcome Wholesale Warranties onto the show as a new sponsor. If you haven't listened to the episode we did with Stacy Ritchie Roman from Wholesale Warranties uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few actually, months ago, actually, uh, she really broke down all the different things that Wholesale Warranties does. They're a fantastic company that really works as a middleman between you and the warranty company and tries to help you get your work done. You can use mobile repair techs with their warranties. It's it's really awesome. Go check them out for sure. All right. Let's talk about a destination. We haven't done that in a little bit. Maybe like two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, been, it's just been a moment. <laughs> we're, we're the next few episodes here. We're going to do uh, shorter segments on the different places we visited in North, North Carolina. Yeah. And this is sort of like the trifecta of towns you can visit to because they're all really close to one another. So we're going to start with Raleigh this week. Then we're going to bounce over to Chapel Hill next week. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about Durham. So Raleigh, North Carolina, the state capital, the state capital. So this was a part of our little hotel traveling in a car jaunt across the state of North Carolina. Yes, we were doing a stint of travel where we kind of reexamined what it was like to be a car traveling family on vacation again. And it was really fun. It was really eye opening because we we forgot a lot of things. We did. We did. And speaking we of needed, forgetting things, we did. We needed a list from Dex. <laughs> we goods. did. When you haul around everything you own with you and then you like go out and go into a hotel you forget stuff. You it's forget interesting. You uh, do. But we stayed at the Residence Inn in downtown Raleigh, which was really nice and actually didn't leave us for wanting for much because it had a kitchen, a separate bedroom, a living space. It was right downtown near lots of attractions. It was it was all around a fantastic experience. Yeah, it was nice to be able to walk to some of the things we did, very much like how we talked about when we were in Mobile. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of getting to one place and then not having to get in the car a lot to drive everywhere else, but being able to just kind of explore by foot. I would say that my family doesn't really agree with that, but that's something I really enjoy. And so this is an excellent 
jumping off location. So the residence inn was a was a wonderful place to stay. But of course, if you are visiting the area in the RV, there are plenty of RV parks around and state park campgrounds, all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, there's no shortage of campground spaces. So Raleigh is is an interesting city. We had never been to North Carolina at all. So this was our sort of first jumping off point for the state. And, it, you know, the capital couldn't be a, a better place to do that. There were a lot of things to do. But a couple of the ones that we really loved right off the bat were the North Carolina Museum of Natural Science and across the street, the North Carolina Museum of History. Yeah, they're both free. They're both right in the middle of downtown, a cool little campus area where you can really take a lot of time to explore. You could do one of these museums one day and another the other day, or you could do, you know, you could split your time between both in one day. But these were really impressive free museums. Yeah, and they do a really good job of representing the state and helping you understand sort of where North Carolina falls into everything and the history of North Carolina, the ecosystem of North Carolina. And I really enjoyed that natural science museum. I talk about this a lot when we talk about museums, but for me, the more hands-on, the better, the more the kids are able to interact with the museum, the more we as adults are able to interact with the museum. That's where I feel like real true learning gets to happen rather than just standing there and looking at something, reading it and moving on. And I feel like the North Carolina Museum of Natural Science does a really good job of getting you to interact with all the different exhibits. And there's three floors. So there's plenty to do. And the fact that it's free, again, it's sort of like why we love so much about St. Louis. Yeah. Is that there's so many opportunities for families to go there and have a vacation and not have to break the bank doing it. North Carolina is is probably best known for the culinary arts. Let's not kid ourselves. And, and particularly North Carolina barbecue. Now, no, now it's a fine line because this Kansas City girl... <laughs> You know, she bristles a little bit. It's North Carolina barbecue. We, we are, uh, we're. I would say we are barbecue connoisseurs. No, I just say we like deep barbecue. Okay, well, we like deep barbecue. <laughs> uh, we we know Kansas City barbecue. We know St. Louis barbecue. We know Chicago barbecue. We know it Oklahoma City Oklahoma, barbecue. Oklahoma, Texas. We've had a little bit of barbecue. We have never had Carolina barbecue, and, and up until this point. We've wasted a whole lot of our lives. <laughs> and, you know, this is the thing. People fight over which is the best barbecue. That's it's a ridiculous. It's like fighting over which is the best ice cream. It's all good. And I really actually love the flavor of North Carolina style barbecue. It's vinegary. And that's not something I don't like vinegar, but this is. I, it's it's wonderful. We had a really great introduction to North Carolina barbecue at a restaurant called The Pit. This was like your stereotypical North Carolina barbecue in a a nice. I, w- I don't want to say it's not a fancy restaurant, but yeah, because nice, we're not fancy people. <laughs> a nice sit down restaurant. You yeah, know? and I feel like because. This was our, I think for anyone who's looking for an introduction to North Carolina barbecue, if you can go to this place, this is the place to go to. We had skillet cornbread. They brought biscuits to the table. You know, they have things on the menu like fried mac and cheese balls. I had the chopped barbecue and then you can pick a couple of sides. And I chose to have the Brussels sprouts and the yams. I will always go yams. 
You put yams on the menu or sweet potatoes, however you want to call it. You put that on the menu and you can guarantee I'm going to order it. And I had the uh, the double plate, which was pulled pork and and brisket. And I, I know Caroline is known for the pulled pork and the pulled pork was 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 pretty good. But that was the best darn brisket that I have ever had in my entire life. I wish there had been some burnt ends on that oh. menu. That's the only thing that was missing was they didn't have burnt ends. And that's really what I wanted. But they put a couple of different sauces on the table for you. So that you can kind of experiment around, you know, the kids had pretty stereotypical kids meals. I think Ethan had like a hot dog and fries. They've got pretty much everything for even your pickiest eaters. You know, you don't have to bring your kids there and they don't have to just have barbecue. Jack had mac and cheese. They had a really nice bar, too. And I, I think it's just one of those places where it's not a barbecue place where, you know, you go up to a counter and they have a chalkboard and you're eating on a wood slab and it's all rustic and stuff. It's it's a nice sit down restaurant experience. And I really appreciated that. But the prices and barbecue can get really expensive. The prices weren't that bad. All right. Let's talk about some old timey stuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> we went to this place called the Mordecai House, and it's the oldest house in Raleigh still on its foundation. It's spelled like you would spell Mordecai, but the the owner of the house had a rift with his family and decided he wanted everybody to pronounce his name Mordecai to separate. It's so 19th century. <laughs> I love it. Now, this house, this was a slave owning household. I'm going to say that right off the bat. Um, but what we really appreciated was they didn't gloss over that at all. And we took a tour. And, uh, and, and the tour actually focused quite a bit on that. The whole area it's it's, there's the house, but then this is also a place where they've sort of brought other structures, uh, other historic structures from around the area to sort of collect in one, one sort of couple city block spot. Yeah. They call it Mordecai Park. Yeah. So they've sort of created this overall experience of different historical buildings. One of them was the birthplace of Andrew Johnson. Yeah, it's it just a, a very small cabin that you get to go into and, and see Andrew Johnson, president of the United States. Supposedly. Humble, humble, humble beginnings. Isn't there an argument over technically where Andrew Johnson was born? There's a it, North Carolina, South Carolina dispute. I yeah, think. it's like a West Side Story yeah. kind of thing. There's been a. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's also a chapel on the grounds. And then what's really cute is that there's this unknown building. That they had brought over thinking it was going to have like some great significant historical significance. And the tour guide's like, we have no idea what this was for. <laughs> it's a building now that we just have here. We don't they even go in it. Yeah. in it. Like yeah. We don't even go in it. They're like We just keep stuff in here. <laughs> so it's very interesting because you get a flavor of what life was like in that area in the 19th century we were on a small tour. There was only us five and then another couple, which was nice because we were able to really kind of ask questions and spend a little bit more time really delving into the history of the house and the grounds. But I enjoyed this very much for the historical aspect of it. Our tour guide, he was really, really knowledgeable and he did a very good job of breaking it down and keeping the kids engaged in yeah. topics that can be very intense, very deep, and sometimes can fly a little bit over kids' heads or be very confusing. 
And he did a great job of making sure the adults that our interest was being kept and that our questions were being answered, but also that the kids that he remembered the kids were there and bringing them into it, too. This is a perfect place for kids to get bored. And and they did not. (laughs) They did not get bored. You can tour this area. You can walk around the grounds and see the outside of these different structures for free. But if you want to take the tour, it's just a few bucks. It's really affordable, probably about a 45 minute tour or so. Something like that. And the visitor center, which is across the street from the park, has a permanent exhibit about the family. So I highly recommend that you go over to the visitor center before you take the tour so that you can kind of get an idea because there are a lot of people associated with this. I don't want to call it a plantation. I'm not quite sure what they would how they called it, if it's an antebellum or what. But there's a lot of family members that lived in that house. And so doing that permanent like family history tour really kind of helped me wrap my head around. Then when I went into the house to learn more about them. Yeah, I'd say it's more of a farm than a plantation. Let's talk some more food. Oh, yeah. Let's talk Big Ed City Market. Let's talk comfort home cooking. This was the epitome of comfort food. They legitimately have a blue plate special. So when we went, their blue plate special was homemade chicken pastry. Now in my household, we know that as chicken and noodles. Yeah, it was it was pretty much chicken and noodles or yeah. almost dumplings, but not quite. I thought maybe we were going to get a pot pie. That's yeah. sort of what I thought was chicken pastry to- sounds like a pot pie. Yeah. yeah, I don't care what you call it. It was so good. And it just for me personally, because this is a dish I remember growing up having and my mom would make the noodles. So it just oh, man, it just really took me back to my childhood. And with my meal, I had the lima beans and I had a side of mac and cheese, which I gave to Jack. It was so good. Banana pudding. Oh, man, it's just like I'm putting my hand up to the sky. That banana pudding was so good. And then there was cornbread and there were biscuits and Henry had a pancake. I had an Arnold Palmer or as I just call it, a iced tea lemonade mix. But people look at me weird when I say that. Until you say Arnold Palmer to somebody who doesn't know what it is. I know. And then then they look. Well, that'll be when I move further north. (laughs) But then I stopped drinking those when I moved further north because it just is not. It's like lemonade. It's like minute made out of a fountain and that's not the kind of lemonade I want. This place is great. It's in this really interesting little area of Raleigh. They are open for breakfast and for lunch and for dinner. And they've got a couple locations across the city. And and a pretty large menu too. Lots of items to choose from. Really well priced. The blue plate special the day we were there was about nine Nine fifty, And that came with a drink and dessert. Yeah. Now the blue plate special, it changes every single day. It's something different, but you know, we just happened to be there on the day that it was homemade chicken pastry. Cannot recommend this place enough. Our server was great. It's a really eclectic space. We had a lot of fun playing like I spy in there. It's just one of those that, you know, is really distinct to the area you're in. And you're really glad that you're checking it out. It's big Ed's city market. All right, a kid's experience that we really enjoyed. Yeah, after we made them do old-timey stuff, we took, we them, took them to a kid's <laughs> children's museum. The Marbles Kids Museum. You know, children's museums are hit and miss across the country, if we're honest. We've been to a heck of a lot of children's museums. A lot of them are samey-samey. Uh, some of them are getting kind of old and run down. This one 
fantastic. This one was so much fun, even for us. And I think one of the things we struggle a little bit with, too, and maybe there are some other parents out there that can relate, is that so Jack is getting older. He he turns 12 next month and he's kind of aged out a little bit from children's museums. So sometimes we shy away from those, but we forget that Henry, he's only five. He just turned six. You know, Ethan is eight. They're the perfect age for children's museums. So why should we skip just because Big Brother might be too old? So here's a perfect example of why this place is cool. You know, a lot of children's museums have a little setup where you can pretend to be a TV news anchor, right? You stand in front of a green screen and you do the weather and you get your your face on a screen and with with the background changing behind you All right so they have that at at marbles kids museum next to it they have a news helicopter yeah. and you can go inside the news helicopter and you can use a joystick to move the news cameras around yeah there was a whole lot of we're going down happening at this <laughs> this news helicopter it was a very popular area you can get in a fire engine and there's legitimate siren that you can turn on there's a huge pirate ship that they can go in that was built specifically for this museum from architects in the city. Big play structure type. Oh, it's amazing. And so the kids really, really enjoyed this area. Now we spent probably about two hours there. That seems to be about a fair amount of time. Yeah. We could have definitely done more. uh, We could have late in the day, but I also think you could go and do two hours and be absolutely satisfied Mm -hmm. and feel like you've really been able to experience this museum I was really thankful and really appreciated the fact that it did seem to speak in some ways to all of our kids. Jack sort of tapped out a little bit sooner than the younger ones, but that's fine. He can come sit next to his mom and hang out. It had so many different areas. They had a workout zone that had indoor hockey. They had an electricity zone where you learn about how power is generated. Oh, yeah, that that area um, with the money. Yeah. What did Ethan say? He was like, I'm going to go spend some cash. <laughs> I'm going to go make it rain is what he said. <laughs> That's right. They have there's an area where you learn about money. And he saw it and he goes, I'm going to make it rain. And he did the little the little hand gesture, little hand like, gesture. you know, where oh my you God. throw cash around. <laughs> that was so good. So we loved that museum. But to top off our experience in Raleigh. We visited the Videri Chocolate Factory. This is actually right across the street from the Pit Barbecue Restaurant. But we didn't go on the same day because they were closed when we were having dinner. We So we came back and went to the Videri Chocolate Factory. Now, this is a place that actually roasts the cocoa beans, just like a high-end coffee shop where they're roasting the coffee beans right there in front of you. You actually can take a little mini tour through their little chocolate factory and you can see them working. And there's a a guy in the middle. It's all open air with a machine roasting the cocoa. And if chocolate isn't enough for you, they also have a full service coffee bar. Yeah. And the coffee bar had lots of chocolatey drinks, too. The kids had some essentially shots of liquid chocolate. Yeah. Jack had a shot of liquid chocolate. And then the other two, I believe, got hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a, uh, you had a mocha, a, a latte. mocha, yeah. But it was with that 
that same just liquid molten chocolate. Yeah. This was just an all around sort of great way to end our time in Raleigh to go get something sweet. We sat in there. We all drank our drinks. It was fun to sort of have our our grown up coffees and the kids had like their little kid looking coffees. And we all just sat around and sort of enjoyed the late afternoon sugar rush. And we also did buy some dark chocolate. We took that back to we the did. hotel. And I will not lie. I hid some of it. So that the kids would think it was all gone. <laughs> so I could eat it later. There's lots of awesome sweets <laughs> in Raleigh. We also got some uh, soft pecan brittle. Oh, that brittle. Uh, that was so, it was not from Videri, but no. uh, man, they ha- they do sweets real well down there. They do food real well down there. Yes, they so do. We absolutely loved our experience in Raleigh and just right around the corner in Chapel Hill and Durham. Uh, the whole area is fantastic. And next week, we're going to talk about our experience in Chapel Hill, which is, of course, where the University of North Carolina is located. Yeah, which apparently Jack now wants to go to school there. So well, you better start you saving. not after walking through that campus? I know. Better start saving your pennies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You better start applying for scholarships. <laughs> Seriously. You know we love our Pelican coolers, and we have a couple of them, but probably our favorite Pelican cooler is our soft-sided cooler. Yeah, mostly because of how it has absolutely changed the way we are able to take food with us out for long trips. So if we're headed into a national park and we want to take lunch with us, to have this soft-sided cooler, it's perfect for our family for one meal. And we don't have to worry about leaving it in the car and coming back and having all those things in there be hot and gross. It's a soft-sided cooler that's insulated like premium hard-sided coolers. The insulation is an inch thick on this thing. And you know, there are a lot of places that don't allow hard-sided coolers. A lot of baseball parks, a lot of amusement parks where you're allowed to bring a soft-sided cooler in. And this is perfect for that. And it's light too. It's 55% lighter than a premium hard-sided cooler. It's food-grade liner is FDA approved. It has stainless steel tie-downs, which double as a bottle opener. And the zipper on this thing is absolutely incredible it makes it 100 percent leak proof you could tip this thing over and it's not going to leak out so if we haven't ticked off enough boxes for you already if you head over to pelicancoolers.com slash rv miles you will get a free tumbler with any cooler purchase so go get your cooler enjoy your summer picnic out there in the heat and drink a cold drink with your free tumbler by going to pelicancoolers.com slash rv miles and get a free tumbler with any cooler purchase. It's time for the part of the show where we talk about our favorite and our least favorite things happening in the world of RVs, in the world of our life, in the world in general. <laughs> this this one, is our fresh tank, black tank segment. This is so in the world of my life this week. Abby, when is it not? What is your fresh tank this week? My fresh tank this week goes to a very, very special dessert. One that no person should go their entire lives without enjoying. And this week, I give a fresh tank to Rice Krispie Treats. Aren't you supposed to say puffed rice cereal treats? No, because you don't buy... The generic. <laughs> Haven't you learned that from the Food Network yet? No. If you're going to make Rice Krispie <laughs> treats, you snap, crackle, and pop. There is no substitution for actually using Rice Krispies in them. 
No. And Jason's aunt brought over a container full of Rice Krispie treats for the 4th of July. Is there nothing better than Rice Krispie treats on the 4th of July? Oh, Holy man. cow. She went marshmallow and then she went marshmallow. That's the key. You look at that recipe on the side of the box and you add a little bit of butter. You add a little bit of marshmallow on top of what's in there. Oh, it's so good. That's, They're that's so good. I can't control myself. So this is why we never make them. Because if I make a batch of Rice Krispie treats, I can't stop eating them until they're all gone. And I keep saying to myself, well, I might as well just eat it and get it out of here. Because if I don't, it's just going to sit there and keep calling my name. I grew up eating Rice Krispie treats, but I grew up, my dad used to put them in the freezer after he'd make them. And apparently that's not really how you're supposed yeah, to do I it. Don't know what the, I, don't, I, every, I love your dad's Rice Krispie treats. I don't know why you guys do that. When I became an adult, everyone looked at me like I was weird. Because you, because it's nice to eat them like when they're warm and gooey. Yes, I realized that now. <laughs> and so I didn't really realize that though until, and this I think is why Rice Krispie treats have such a place in my heart. When Jack was born, we were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I had just had a C-section. I'm stuck in bed. I can't get up. I'm starving. There's like no food in this area. And your stepmom shows up and she has brought a batch of Rice Krispie treats just on a whim. She didn't know I liked them. She just brought them because she wanted to make them and she wanted me to have something. I sat there. They were the greatest thing I'd ever eaten. <laughs> I sat there. I ate almost that entire container because I was so hungry and it tasted so good. After having that baby. And you can eat a whole tray of Rice Krispie treats after having a baby. Yeah, you better believe you can. (laughs) What is your black tank this week? Flies. Flies are out. The flies are out. Flies are out. We have been enjoying just the flies. We go anywhere and there's flies. And I'm just I'm reminded of how much I hate them. The plague of the north in the uh, in the summertime. It is. I'm sure other places get lots of flies, too. But um in the North no. uh, Midwest, we, we know that summertime is fly time. Yeah, I have nothing more to say about them. I have nothing good to say about them. I have nothing outside of just complete contempt. Flies, black tank this week. What is your black tank this week? Let's do your black tank first. We'll end on a high note. This week in particular is the Illinois gas tax increase. Ooh, fierce. July 1st. Uh, lots of lots of states new laws went into effect July 1st. Now, Illinois increased their gas tax 19 cents up to th- I think 39 cents overall or 38 cents overall. Yeah, I think it jumped from 266 to 288 something like something that something like that, that? Was and, pretty the, fierce. and the diesel tax w- went up even more i think that went up 24 cents we don't have a diesel anymore but uh well today we drove across the border into iowa to get gas Paid so that's 44 that's how that works illinois yep uh, yeah i mean portillo's that. was over there so we just figured we were in the area we might as well fill Killed up two birds with one stone <laughs> <laughs> well we saved 40 cents a gallon yeah you know uh I mean, my gosh, that's almost $10. It's over $10 by the time we got done filling up. I think it disproportionately affects people that drive long distances to work every day, that drive for a living. It's, it's going to affect taxi drivers, food delivery drivers, those Everything sorts will of go up. middle class to lower class jobs. Those types of people have to spend more money on this stuff. And I'd rather if you got to raise more revenue, just increase the sales tax across the board. So everybody pays a little bit more. Yes, because 10.25 is yeah, not enough sales uh, tax in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Anywho, anyway, my what? fresh tank. Yes. <laughs> my fresh tank this week 
is uh, this this is an R. I want to talk about an RV. So we have been sitting up in my parents' living room watching YouTube videos, YouTube tours of RVs with them because they're they really the they've got the bug and they're thinking about getting one and getting out on the road, maybe not full time, but a lot. At least my stepmother's retired. My dad will be retired in a couple of years. So they're thinking about it heavily. If Tammy has it her way, she'll be out on the road like in the Tomorrow. next month. Yeah, she'll so, be like gone without your dad. <laughs> so we're watching all these videos and a lot of them, you know, super high end RVs, really cool tours through some of those. We watched our favorite guy, the guy that does the videos for leisure travel vans. If anyone knows this guy, if you're listening and you know this guy that works for leisure travel vans and does their videos, will you just please tell him that I'm like his number one fan? He could, I am his number one fan. He could sell the sweat off a construction worker's back. I, wow. Um, I could, That's I a mean, visual. Could he not? You know what? I'd buy Illinois gas off this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, not a leisure travel van, but we were watching a tour of the Winnebago Horizon. And I had you know, seen a tour of it before. I've actually been in one at an RV show. These these came out, I think, two two years ago. The Winnebago Horizon Class A RV. And if you haven't taken a look at it, even if you know, you're never going to buy an RV that expensive or that big. Take a look at the Winnebago Horizon, because I think this is the future of RVs. This is what the interior of RVs should look like, whether high end or or mid grade or or low end. The colors, the finishes, the so sleek, the way it's put together, the thought that goes into the organization behind it. This is the future of RVs. The Winnebago Horizon is a fantastic vehicle i just need it to not be three hundred and thirty thousand yeah. dollars. well i think man it ranges a lot when you look at the list price of an hour you, you want to look up just kind of the range how much do these cost you look up the list price for for an rv and you see the the msrp of a winnebago horizon for four hundred and thirty thousand dollars and then you see a dealership selling brand new ones for like 240 the msrp is the most ridiculous thing the manufacturer suggested retail price. Well, it's to make you think you're getting a deal yeah, when you. But, but they go so absurd with it that it just makes you think that it's meaningless. Yeah, I just. Because it is. This Winnebago Horizon there, as we watched the tour of it, it's just so many boxes were being checked for me. Mm -hmm. It's so sleek. It's so clean. It's modern. It functions the way you need your RV to function in regards to living space. It utilizes all of the space in a really beautiful way. And I just, I hope that we see that just like trickle down effect that that starts moving into more and more RVs and leisure travel vans is really good about this too. They do not leave a space untouched and the way that they create those vans and how they use the space inside of those vans is just brilliant. It's really amazing to see some of those small class B's and the B pluses, how many different features and storage nooks and all this stuff that they cram inside those things. And then there are some bigger models out there that don't have anywhere Such near. Such a waste of you space. You feel like you can't fit as much stuff in. I know. Not that, not that it's all about stuff, but they're well, you just have to be so able to well have things in there. Yeah. You have to be able to have a place for your items. They're doing the quality fixtures. They're putting real faucets in them instead of, you know, plastic. And there's no plastic sinks or anything like that. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're really well thought out and 
beautifully made. We'll embed the the video tour we were watching of the horizon in the show notes. Let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. Let's do it. Out of these dates, which is the odd one out? September 30th, January 31st, April 30th, July 30th, and October 31st. Which one is the odd one out? If you think you know the answer, send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com or a message on any of our social media. This week, we're giving away something a little bit different. We're giving away a dry bag from Gulf Shores, Alabama, from the Gulf Shores Tourist Bureau. A dry bag is essentially a long bag that you can put stuff in and you roll up the top and it becomes completely waterproof. So you can take this with you on a canoe ride. You can uh, put stuff in it that's going to stay outside. We often put our food for the day in one that doesn't need to be cold. Things like sandwiches, bread, uh, chips, stuff like that, we'll often put into a dry bag so that if we do get caught in the rain or something like that, it doesn't get wet. Plus, it's just a, you know, a convenient little carry-all. Absolutely. And so we have this. It's unopened. We would love for someone else to put it to good use. We have one. We love ours. So if you want to enter to win this dry bag, all you have to do is send your answer for this week's brain teaser to editor at rvmiles.com. And of course, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. And make sure to send your brain teaser answer in before the end of the day on Thursday, end of the day on Thursday every week, because We can't guarantee that we will get your answer in before we record that week's podcast. All right. For links to everything we talked about today, visit rvmiles.com slash 101. And if you love the national parks, listen to us on the America's National Parks podcast. This week's episode was about Craters of the Moon National Monument. 50 years ago, this month was the first moon landing and NASA sent astronauts to Craters of the Moon National Monument to study the landscape because they thought, It's similar to what they're going to experience on the moon. They needed to be able to describe the geology and all that. So it's really interesting story. And uh, this episode was written by our friend Lindsay Taylor. So I hope you'll go check that out wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also follow us all across social media. RV Miles and Our Wandering Family both are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And we would love to connect with you there. Of course, there are the Facebook groups, RV Miles, America's National Parks, and our newest one, Sea America. So if you are not a part of those, we would love for you to come over and join us. And of course, thank you so very much to our sponsors this week, L.L. Bean, Shady Rays, PelicanCoolers.com, Wholesale Warranties, and Togo. We will see you all next week. Have a great week. And until then, keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.